It's Demasi and Michael, just talking tech. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Wait a minute. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Where is your audio coming from? Uh, that's not good. What? Hold on. Tell me how your washer experience went or something. Uh, so they actually just dropped it off maybe about 15-ish, 20 minutes ago. Huh? Good. I found you. Oh. <laughs> Too many knobs. Oh, man. See, hey, I said you- when I actually turn the right knob up, I can hear you a lot better in the headphones. Wow. Imagine that. <laughs> So I thought about talking in the voice that I was talking when we were getting connected through the whole episode, and then I realized I couldn't do that. It'd be, it'd be a lot like this, talking this softly, and I don't think it would work very well. Probably not. <laughs> so I will tell you, I've always got some unique uh, setups on my end. So right now I have a 20-pound weighted blanket sitting on my head. <laughs> Good grief. Admittedly, the boom arm is taking a majority of the weight, but still. <laughs> Man, you gotta wait. So, first question is, where did you get this blanket? Uh, Amazon. Really? Yeah, I'll find a link for you if you're interested. Absolutely. We bought each of the boys one for Christmas. Huh. So, you stole the kid's blanket? Hey, it is 5.30. 30 in the evening here none of them are using and it's like 70 degrees out that's the problem with weighted blankets is they get hot fast they do jason i was talking to jason on discord earlier today and he made a comment that i had only partially observed because i don't have one myself but he's like you know they start out cool and they stay cool for a little while but once they get warm they stay warm i'm like yeah i could imagine this is true this is definitely true. We have a, uh, I don't know if it's specifically what you would call a weighted blanket, but it's a very heavy blanket. Um, yeah, see, this one has glass beads in it and everything. Oh, no, see, it's not like that. It just, just happens to be a pretty thick blanket. And I personally like some sort of weight. Like, I, I'm not a type of person that can just sleep up under just a sheet or a sheet mm. in a light bed spread like i like a little health to the cover but the problem with that in the summertime is <laughs> man you will burn the hell up if your air conditioner in in no yeah. point yeah so the only reason you end up freezing people in the house because you got a heavy ass blanket on <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is so true the only reason i'm using this way to blanket though is I liked the clean sound it gave. No pun intended, clean feed. I liked the clean sound it gave us when I had something, my sweatshirt over my head last time. And the problem with the sweatshirt over my head was um, I kind of had to just sort of hold it there and it became very uncomfortable. So we'll see if this is any less uncomfortable. I mean, 20 pounds is going to add up (laughs) after a while. We'll see, though. Well, maybe this will encourage, I mean, if it works, it, it, it would encourage you to go ahead and, you know, grab some PVC pipe or something and just mm-hmm. make like a little frame just to drape something over. I, I should, uh, yeah, send me a link for that, first of all, because that, yeah. that could be a quick, nice, quick and dirty uh, soundproofing because everybody's going to hear my kids probably, right? Yeah. Because they're running up and down the hall, even though they have a brand new box to play in that I just gave them. Yeah, but we'll try our best to clean that up, and it's almost like we're sort of professionals. Great transition there, because today on DM73, we want to kind of take a step back and give a quick explanation of how to start a podcast. And this came because I'm offering some services now that Demasi and I have kind of been hinting at. I shared it in the newsletter. If you're not part of the email list, you should probably do that. And you can get on that list at yourownpay.com. Matter of fact, at these show notes too, yourownpay.com slash DM73. We'll have links to stuff we talk about here the show notes and right at the end of the show notes is a form for you to opt into Mike's newsletter. Tell us about the services, man. What you got going on? Cause I'm, I'm excited. 
I'm excited too because it actually allows me to take the podcast knowledge that I've had and uh, extend it and and help other individuals with it. So I am helping people with launching their own podcast and if they need me to, I'll come and record their podcast for them and we can do that all virtually, but it's like I'm coming into a studio with you and sitting down and saying, hey, do this, push this button, now talk. And then I will get those files and I will bring them to my local computer and then I will edit them and then I will provide you a produced podcast episode. And I've got some partners who can help me with creating show notes because I hate writing, but I'm sure she wouldn't mind. And then I will publish that content for you to your podcast host. My preference is Pinecast, but if you use something else, we can definitely talk about that. But the prices aren't cheap. Uh, I got to compensate myself for spending time doing this type of, of work. And I don't think we've mentioned it or not, but I am no longer working with uh, Peloton doing uh, customer service for them. So now I have more time to devote to projects such as this. The problem is, is I need to make money to justify me actually working on projects like this. If, if that convoluted sentence makes any sense. So the service isn't cheap. And I've reached out to a couple of people and offered it to them. And most of them have told me, hey, I love that service, but it's a bit out of my budget right now. However, these same individuals have asked me, Michael, how do you podcast? And so that tells me that there's an interest in wanting to know how we podcast. And it's been a little while since Demasi and I talked about our workflow for how we publish the DM series. So I texted Demasi and I said, hey, how about we talk about podcasting on this episode? So we'll we'll start out with that and then get into our regular content, uh, our regular rambling content uh, shortly. This is regular content. <laughs> Good point. Good point. We just discussed it before we had the conversation, <laughs> but it is regular content. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And our, our process has changed significantly, um, and we haven't really went through it since DM12. Uh, back when we were still using Trello, hm. um, that <laughs> that actually didn't last all that much long after that episode. Nope, sure <laughs> didn't. Sure didn't. <laughs> Although my adding and removing cards with Trello is the most viewed video that I have on YouTube with over six thousand views, and that though it's been a couple of years, sure makes me feel pretty damn good. <laughs> Yeah, it was 2017 when we did that episode. Yeah, uh, that was a good video. Look, man, people wanted to know how you how how to do it. Like, you know, we struggled figuring it out. That that was good content, man. That's another thing I'm kind of excited about too. With you um, stepping off to kind of take on more of your own projects, um, is the fact that you'll probably get back to doing stuff like that. Uh, yeah, where yep. you just drop a video or or audio tutorial. Uh, which is something I really should be doing too. I just, oh man, time, man, time. <laughs> so I'm going to put a link to the YouTube channel over at DM73. Man, 12 to 73, big differences there. <laughs> Huge difference. I think we were still, still trying to do like 15, 20 minutes back then. Yeah, I think you are correct. It was, it was, that episode was eight minutes and one second long. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been some serious fucking editing by somebody right <laughs> man man this is when we were actually coming up with with plan future planned content yeah that's where the whole trello thing came in we was doing the planned out content oh we're going to talk about this on this show and then once we discuss the topic then we will move it to the next yeah we 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 went through that whole process and we have now landed here at dm73 where well michael's sitting here with a blanket on his head and um i got my air conditioner vent covered up with a towel so it doesn't blow into the microphone so here we are we're sweating <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we are talking on clean feet and not ringer Man, ringer, 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 ringer. The process that we follow now for recording has kind of stabilized. I think we're kind of both in a, in a good place. Um, so we'll start with equipment that we're using first. So I'm still using, nope, I'm not using the same microphone. So I was using the ATR 2100. 
Uh, I'm now using the AT2005, but it's still an Audio-Technica microphone. Uh, not a huge amount of difference in between the two of those. Um, that is going into the Soundcraft Signature 12MTK mixer slash audio interface, which is then connected to USB. And actually, my setup is the mixer is going into a Thunderbolt 3 dock that is plugged into a MacBook Pro M1. That's and not convoluted at all. It's not. Not really. And and for everybody listening, because I may have said this at some point on the show, I know I've told people directly, you probably don't really want to plug your audio equipment into USB hubs. The only reason I'm doing this is because it says Thunderbolt, not just plain USB. So the connection to the computer is is giving me more bandwidth for that audio, which means it's not stepping on it. And also, I didn't buy a USB-B to USB-C cable either. So there's that. <laughs> uh, but that is and my setup. USB-C ports are very limited on that computer. Oh, man, I only got two. I can't believe, man, two. Two. Count them. One, two. Two ports. I feel like I got more ports on my iPhone. I know I don't, <laughs> but I feel like I do. Doesn't make any sense, man. But yeah, that, that is my uh, current connection hardware wise and then i'll let michael tell you what he's using oh and i'm using some west one in-ear monitors for headphones uh i will put the exact model that i have in the show notes i am using a samsung q2u xlr microphone it also has usb but the usb port on this microphone does not work this is the same microphone i've been using for going on three years now that's going into a soundcraft signature 12 mtk on channel one now bear with me because i'm gonna give you a quick glimpse into the software side of things in a moment as well so if there's any confusion of course reach out and we can walk you through this because it took a while for me to wrap my mind around this so then that soundcraft signature 12 mtk is going into my lenovo y540 15 inch uh windows 10 computer i've got the microphone sitting in a in a shock mount, I think is what it's called, on a boom arm. So that way it's it's just kind of hanging in front of my face. In order to dampen some of the sounds, I have a weighted, 20 pound weighted blanket over my head. Had to throw that in there while the boys are looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? Uh, one of them just came up the stairs and it sounds like Nicholas. So he's like, what are you doing? Um, and then I've got some headphones I don't remember the names of. I will put them in the show notes that are over the ears and they're a little hot for recording during the summer, but they're the ones that I'm stuck with. Well, that I'm happy with for the time being. Now, my setup is my microphone goes into line one on the, on the board. Then I press the USB RTN button so that way... The audio coming from the computer can be heard by the board and processed. I have Reaper open in desktop two with my virtual desktop that has one track on it that's armed. Now, on that track, I have the input and output set to channel one on the board. On channel one, I also have the MST button, which sends all of my audio out to the master uh, input to the computer. So the Soundcraft Signature 12 MTK is taking my audio, sending it into Reaper. Reaper is playing my audio back through channel one, which is then coming back into the computer through the master mix. And that master mix is getting sent to Demasi through Chrome on CleanFeed. So that that is a little convoluted. The reason I have it set up this way is because then I can make adjustments to my voice, make it easier for Tabasi to hear me. And theoretically, I should not need this convoluted Reaper setup uh, for CleanFeed because there are functionalities in CleanFeed to allow me to boost my audio up without having to use Reaper. Uh, But that's how I currently have it set up. And if I haven't lost you by now with that convoluted setup, then congratulations. 
congratulations. And I will map this out for you at yourownpay.com slash DM73. Thanks to a few people that will also be outlined um, in the show notes because I would have never figured this out. And I think I spent, what, a month or so, Demasi, trying to figure it out? Yep. Yep. So. And the basic problem that Michael is solving with that particular setup is that this specific mixer, uh, and you'll notice that I said it's a mixer and audio interface because this board does all of the analog routing that you could possibly need unless you need more channels. But it also serves as an audio interface. The difference in this board and a lot of the other boards that are available out there that most people like, such as the Scarlett's, uh, Focusrite's, the, um, you know, things like that, is that this board actually sends 14 channels of audio across the USB cable into the computer, which allows for some interesting mapping. It also accepts 12 channels of audio back into it from the computer, which again allows for some interesting routing capabilities. Most of the I would say most traditional popular boards out there don't uh, that are in the price range of this do not uh, have that capability of sending two channels of audio to the computer or out, you know, out over USB and two channels of audio can come back. Uh, there are sometimes capabilities with, you know, custom software that belongs to, say, the Scarlet or the Yamaha boards that will allow you to do some fancy routing. But most of that tends not to be accessible. And. As I am, me and Michael both discovered this along our journey of trying to find new boards is that we both like knobs and buttons and being able to adjust stuff manually, uh, not having to jump to a computer screen to, you know, tweak a slider uh, that to turn jaws up and down or turn Tomasi right. up and down or right because if i want to turn mike up if he was too low which he's not but if i needed to turn michael up i could just reach over and push a slider up and then michael is louder in my ears without doing anything to his audio yep yep so that's the problem he's oh i didn't actually get to the problem <laughs> <laughs> so the problem that michael is solving that this this particular board does for some reason with microphones at least from our testing Mic audio, the microphone signal coming across XLR and going into the computer tends to be a little low. Uh, so one, to avoid clipping, we don't want to turn the gain all the way up to the max because you're going to clip. Uh, mm-hmm. To avoid clipping, uh, Michael is doing this to basically use Reaper to provide a um, digital signal booster for his microphone so that he can be heard at a normal audio level without cranking too much stuff up too loud and without me having to turn everything else up super loud etc so that's the problem that we're solving here at this point we will report back at some point about possible uh analog equipment that will solve the same problem but neither one of us is throwing money around like that at the moment right but that's the problem to solve and that's why michael's situation or setup is so convoluted i've the reason I am not doing any of that stuff is because I am taking advantage of the uh, feature inside of Clean Feed that allows me to boost the audio level in Clean Feed so that Michael hears me without it distorting my audio. Uh, the other reason is because my typical setup is not the same as Michael's, but is similar and uh, re- you know requires some other audio tools that I use on the Mac to boost my audio normally. So if I'm in a Zoom meeting or Discord or something like that, uh, I am using similar techniques to boost my normal microphone signal coming into the computer. I just didn't do it for clean feed. So. Tomasi, does someone need a Soundcraft Signature 12 MTK or similar equipment to start podcasting tomorrow? I would say absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, because it's, it's, it's overkill. Like, it's way overkill. Uh, <laughs> it, it is way overkill. Like, we're not just, like, I'm not just using it for audio recording. I mean, for no. podcast recording, neither is Michael. Uh, Michael no. has actually, you know, produced more content with his board than I have at this point. Uh, but it's for production of, of content, being able to bring in different devices. So bring in an iPhone audio for a tutorial or Android or... Uh, at some point, I'm going to figure out a good Bluetooth receiver to do the Apple Watch, uh, things like that. But just to get started recording, all you really need is just a good USB microphone. Uh, and either one of the ones that we are using or have mentioned would work. So the Samsung uh, Q2U uh, is a good USB 
microphone, Michael mentioned that it has XLR and both USB. My microphone is similar. It's the Audio-Technica AT2005. I don't think they're actually producing this microphone anymore. I'm not sure. But the successor to my microphone, uh, which Michael also has or used to have, is the Audio-Technica ATR2100X. Uh, again, it's XLR and USB. Uh, and this one comes with a USB... A this cable and USB-C a, cable. Yep, yep. USB-A to USB-C and a USB-C to USB-C cable. So, good. Uh, so, that, that's really all you need is a good high-quality microphone, uh, USB microphone, and, and a stand. I want to say get a stand. Like I, yeah. I know the Audio-Technicas come with a small stand. You can put your microphone on that stand if you want to, but you're going to need like a box or something to get it up to, to your mouth yeah, level. It's about two uh, inches tall. So unless yeah. your mouth is about two inches above the table or desk that you have, get something to put that on for sure. Absolutely, because you don't want to be hunched over doing your podcast. Uh, no, I guarantee no. you that. Yeah, me and Michael are both using Boom Arms, uh, and I think Michael's is similar to mine. They may not be the same brand. It's possible that they are, uh, but it's just a a, a, a spring loaded. Is that the right way to say that? Yeah, yeah. I mean. It's a it's a metal bar that has springs on it to help hold the microphone in the place that you want it, and then you clamp it to the desk or table. Yep, that's pretty much what it is. Yep. Uh, and, and I also have that little uh, shock mount. Yeah, that, that you slide the microphone into, and that should yep. help you with if if I'm over here typing, you shouldn't hear it too much. You probably do because I'm emphasizing it, but uh, that I will mean, help. But if I do that. Did you hear that? Barely. Uh, yeah. See, if I didn't have a shock mount, it would have been like boom, boom. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, so really, that's the equipment someone needs is a de- well and headphones, um, especially if you're going to have a co-host with you. And we'll talk about software and bringing co-hosts in here in a minute. But you definitely need a comfortable pair of headphones for you something that you are comfortable with wearing for a while because when you get into podcasting sometimes Demasi and i will record for 90 minutes uh 90 to 120 minutes and we might pull out an hour of content out of that but the fact is is we're we're wearing these headphones for a long time and that doesn't count editing as well so a comfortable pair of headphones that can plug into either your computer or uh all three of the microphones that we have mentioned have a headphone jack in them. So you can plug your headphones into your microphone if you want and run your, your text-to-speech or your remote host. Entire or system audio all through that. Yep. Yep. Because yep. uh, it shows up as an output. The other reason for possibly plugging your headphones into your microphone is so that you can monitor yourself. So that way, and you will notice that I probably have been off mic and then back on. So like my voice has dipped a little bit and come back. It's because I'm monitoring myself and I catch myself doing it because I no longer hear me in the headphones. <laughs> and he's got a very odd angle at the moment. So occasionally I'll turn my head because I, you know, even as a blind person, like I still look at my computer screen, like I'm right? not seeing it, but I'm still yeah. facing it. Right. Yeah. But right now, the way the microphone and stuff is set up, like looking at the computer screen means I'm not looking at the I'm not talking directly into the microphone. That was and deliberate. It, and as you can tell from that clip that we're not going to edit up, which we'll see how that actually comes out, but I should be able to make that work. Um, these microphones are very directional, the ones that we've recommended. This, for me at least, is because we ha- I have a lot of background noise. There's a lot of stuff that, that we edit out in post-production, um, but it allows me an opportunity to customize the experience the listener will hear a little bit because i know that if i talk on the microphone and actually this weighted blanket i think i've been pretty good at staying on the microphone because this weighted blanket is sort of holding my head in place it's like cradling my neck (laughs) (laughs) so it's like you ain't moving your head you're just gonna leave it right there (laughs) but uh you definitely want to stay on the microphones because as you hear with damasi when he when he moves his head you can definitely tell but it's good because it's it's 
cutting out a lot of the background noise on his end or on my end as well. So good high quality USB mic. And when I say high quality, like you don't have to go out and spend, you know, 240 bucks on the Rode Podcaster Pro or whatever their USB mic is. And honestly, I mean, this is personal opinion. All audio really is personal opinion, right? My personal opinion is that the the microphones that we have mentioned are pretty good. Uh, sure does have a just to drop another you know, well-known brand out there that makes good equipment sure does have a USB. And I believe it also comes with USB-C or USB-A uh, plug-in options. Uh, microphone is newly released. We'll drop a link to it in the show notes because I don't remember the exact uh, nomenclature for it. But it's a new mic that does some that is designed for people doing podcasts or webinars or Zoom meetings uh, to reject a lot of noise. Uh, you know, they, they kind of started working on this mic shortly after the pandemic started. Uh, because they realize so many people would be working from home and like, you know, who wants to hear your kids in the background all day? I don't want to hear my kids in the background all day. So I'm pretty <laughs> sure everybody else really didn't want to hear them all day. But that sure microphone is pretty good. And it's around a hundred bucks. Same price as, you know, the microphone, the ATR 2100X, I think is a hundred bucks. You can oftentimes catch any of them on, well, I don't know about the Shures, but the, the audio technicas and the Samsungs, you can catch them on sale sometimes as low as 40 bucks. Yeah, it looks like the Samsung Q2U is on sale right now for sixty four ninety five. So, um, and that's what, well, that's the current MSRP for it. So you can pick up a decent sounding microphone for between, let's be generous, 60 to $100 and have that microphone in it. It'll, it'll last you. It's, it, and these are durable microphones. Like I have Absolutely. dropped my microphone a couple of times. The only reason the USB port doesn't work on mine anymore um, is because I was in a position where I was plugging and unplugging the microphone, sometimes multiple times a day, five days a week, and I was moving it back and forth uh, to work with me when I was working in radio. But it lasted the USB for like, I don't know, at least two years. So It's a little bit longer than that because I think you picked that mic up around 2016 ish. Yeah, it might have been early 2017. Yeah, something like that. Somewhere around there. But yeah. Uh, And Mike did do radio stuff with that microphone in the studio. Yep. Yep. And it's small enough to fit in a backpack, which is nice. So Uh, that's the equipment. Let's talk about the software a little. Uh, both of us are using Reaper. If you haven't listened to the podcast and you go back and listen to some, you will know that we use Reaper. If you have listened to the podcast, we're not going to bore you too much with Reaper today. Uh, but we are both using Reaper for editing when we do edit. And we are also, I'm using Reaper as a backup recording right now. I don't know what Demasi's using. You can talk about that in a minute. We are talking over a tool called Clean Feed, which allows us to connect in Chrome. And we are paying for the pro version of Clean Feed, which allows us to have our own individual tracks. We've talked about post-production quite a bit in in this episode when it comes to background noises. So when the dogs bark in my background, we have a a wedding going on as of the day of recording this uh, tomorrow. And so we have people coming in and out and the dogs are going off and, and there's a lot of background noise. But as long as that background noise is happening when I'm not talking, then we can edit that out just fine because CleanFeed will give us each our own individual files. And if it didn't, then we would use the techniques that we have acquired over the last couple of years. And I use that word techniques with a a little bit of grain of salt because we would both record on our own ends and then drop those into Google Drive. And then one of us would pull both of those files into Reaper on their own tracks and then try to line them up and it can be time consuming. Like sometimes you're like, I really don't want to deal with that at all. <laughs> Not at all right now. So I'm, I'm thankful for clean feed because it keeps everything all lined up and I need to save this file because I just realized that I haven't even saved it once yet. So <laughs> I'm talking about all this and I'm like, ah, shit, that would really suck if, if, if it just dropped off. Uh, but yeah, so that's how, that's how we're talking and connected right now. We're using, as Michael said, Clean Feed Pro, but Clean Feed does allow 
does have a very generous free plan that allows you to record the only th- one of the major features that you do not get with clean feed the free version is the ability to record multiple tracks so each guest that is a part of the session gets their own track recorded uh, that is a pro feature but you can get a very good in the first couple of times that we used clean feed we did use the audio of both of us on the same track and Michael went in and did some tricks in Reaper to separate those out uh, so that he ended up with two separate files to actually edit but we were still lined up and he's not joking lining up two bits of audio that recorded on the other end even when we have tried to do the okay one two three go like there's drift also that has to be accounted for it's a whole other thing that we won't get into today I want to ask Michael a question. We are still, Michael mentioned this, I am also doing a backup recording. I happen happen to be doing mine in um, Audio Hijack at the moment, and I'm recording my microphone to a FLAC file because FLAC is great. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm recording to FLAC and Reaper too, by the way. (laughs) What's up, Garth? (laughs) FLAC, man. Right, right. and the reason that we're doing that is because, well, we're both old and, you know, technology is great, but sometimes it doesn't work. So you got to make sure you got a backup. Backup for your backup is what I say. But I got a question for you, Michael. So we're using clean feed, which, you know, it has a free plan. It works. It's, it's good. You know, to be careful if you don't have the ability to split the track, uh, split the audio into separate uh, channels and all of that. But and we're paying for it. But. Why not just use Zoom, Mike? Mm. Why are we not using Zoom to record our podcast? You would ask me that. So I'm going to take a clip of an audio recording that I made today in Zoom because I use Zoom to record a screen capture. And I'm going to drop it in right here. So in this post, I am creating a help document, and I'm going to go ahead and show you the problems that we are currently facing and ways that we've attempted to get around those issues. So I will select the title option to add a title to this article. So as you may have heard, the Zoom audio is a bit more compressed, and it takes out some of the warmth to my voice because that's whose voice obviously is in that recording and there's no Demasi there but it takes out some of the warmth in the recording and makes it so it it gives you a smaller file type but to me a zoom recording is not going to give you something as clean as clean feed does uh, hence the name the other reason that i have n- tried to stay away from using zoom one of the people i'm working with is using zoom because that's what they're comfortable with but we're gonna we're gonna move them over yet is that i have also noticed sometimes when you're recording multi-track so for demasi and i it has to be recorded multi-track. I, I, I think I'm comfortable with saying that we have to record multi-track because of everything that goes on. Um, we can't just take that MP3 file and that the Zoom gives you or M4A, whatever it is, and just use that and edit it down because we want to give you guys a fairly clean audio sound where possible. And I have noticed that when you do the multi-track recording in Zoom, that you still get a little bit of drift. So every Every once in a while, I know Demasi and I like to talk over each other sometimes, but every once in a while, it's extremely noticeable like, hey, Michael's talking about one thing and now Demasi's starting to talk about the next topic and then you got to clean that up in post-production. So to me, clean feed just saves me a lot of time with getting editing done. I think, what did I tell you? Last time I edited our episode in like two hours or something like that, it was it was substantially faster than what it has been in the past and i think part of that also comes down to i'll grab these audio files as soon as we're done typically i'll load them into uh, reaper even if i don't edit it right that minute i'll load them into reaper so that way when i come back to the computer they're sitting in reaper right there and i can't just be like oh i didn't see those i forgot about that because it's right there in reaper so then i'll sit down and edit it usually first thing in the morning the next day that we record yeah, I don't even think it was two hours. I think the last episode of ours that you edited, it may have not taken counting years. DM special. Yeah, not counting that. Uh, so seventy two itself. I want to say it took you slightly 
under two hours actually yeah i think you are correct because yeah it's 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 gotten a lot better when you don't have to fight with that drift or fight with audio lining up Man, that drift is a nightmare it, it, is. It. it is it is absolutely it is. hate it look i applaud everybody that does the you know what's traditionally in the podcast industry called a double ender where every person that is in the episode records themselves locally and then passes the files off to the editor. I know the pain of that, man. Like it is rough. Cause there's, and there's, you can do every, all of the tricks, all of the, we're going to hit record at the same time. We're going to blah, blah, blah. You can do all of those things and you're still going to experience drift. If I can find it, uh, or if Michael finds it, if one of us finds it, we will drop a link to, I believe it was a YouTube video where someone gives like a brief explanation of why drift happens. I can give an explanation, but I'm not nearly knowledgeable enough on the topic of timing with audio and computer chips and all of that to explain it. But this is a pretty good explainer video. We'll try to add that to the show notes too, uh, which will be at your slash DM 73, just in case, uh, you don't know where you're going because you're new. Thank you if you're new, though. Welcome to the yes. show. Yes. This is the show. Yeah, yeah, this is the show. This is, it. <laughs> this is what you got, man. <laughs> right, right, right. So I want to talk a little bit. So you're right about Zoom. First of all, listen, like Michael used a lot of nice words, and I'm, I'm not even picking on Michael. Everything <laughs> Michael said about Zoom's audio is great. I'm going to say it very simply. To me, Zoom audio recordings sound like crap. Like, that's just basic come down to it. Like, you know, I and and part of it is like I am still learning a lot about like, you know, what creates this sound, what makes that sound that way, et cetera, et cetera. But generally speaking to me, the audio that you get out of Zoom is kind of crappy. Michael, on Windows, when you do a Zoom recording, like you record a Zoom meeting or something like that, what does it give you MP3 versus an M4A? As he frantically looks through his windows explorer to see it gives me so when i do multi-track recording A wmv <laughs> <laughs> no wma <laughs> it gives me m4a ah okay interesting well i guess that you know at least they're staying consistent uh now to be fair when you're starting your podcast you know the the key thing is to generate good content, but we got to be honest. If the audio is not good, a lot of people aren't going to listen. I I am notorious for this. Like Michael mm. will send me stuff. I'm like, man, I know you said it was good, but I, I I can't. Matter of fact, I think I reached out to Michael one time, and what was that podcast about? It was Neelai Patel from The Verge uh, interviewing. Was- Oh yeah, the marketing manager from Cadillac, and her audio was oh my god, it's like she was sitting in the bathroom. It's driving me nuts. But the interview was so like that is rare. Like I actually sent Michael on like, man, it sounds horrible, but I listened to the whole thing. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm going to listen to that right now. (laughs) (laughs) So good audio quality is important. Uh, It is extremely important to us as producers of audio content. Uh, it's extremely important to us as individuals who rely very heavily on what we're able to hear uh, that we have good audio. I don't want to abuse my ears. You know, I could rebel in 20 years and that's when I really need them because I'll be an old man. <laughs> uh, but I do know several individuals who record podcasts and they just use Zoom and they have told me that they're pretty happy with the original sound on Zoom. But I believe those individuals are just recording one file so they don't have to deal with the drift. So it really comes down to what you're doing. That drift will kill you. Um, That that drift will kill you. But the downside (laughs) to to doing a single track recording of multiple individuals is that you either end up having to leave in bits of background noise from other people or you end up losing parts of the conversation. That's the reason that me and Michael, I think from day one have always, we've always managed to figure out some way that (laughs) each of us is recording our own track. And if, you know, I lose my audio, we don't have this issue anymore. I I bring this up a lot, but if I lose my audio, I can dub myself back into a podcast where Demasi is talking. (laughs) Man, that's worse than the drift, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Clean Feed. You are worth the money. (laughs) But see, Uh, I'm also not paying for Zoom. I don't know if Demasi is, but I, I don't pay for Zoom. So, you know. I do have a paid Zoom account, uh, 
but yeah even then like it's just for me like the audio the, the overall audio quality now listen and i'm not I'm, I'm, i don't want to give people the wrong impression from my perspective but zoom zoom is great for what it is meant to be right it is meant to be a tool where you do meetings with people virtually you can share your screen you can display for all of the things that zoom accomplishes and allows you to accomplish within it like the audio quality ain't that bad when you consider all of the other stuff that's going on compared to something like Skype where, you know, a lot of all Skype used to really do was just be for audio calls and, mm-hmm. you know, the audio quality kind of suffered over the years. Like it, 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 so for all of the things that zoom is supposed to be, it is a great tool. I'm not telling you that zoom is not a good tool. We have never recorded a podcast in zoom. We have had to use zoom audio a couple of times in different projects that we were working on. And Michael will tell you that I was super annoyed about it. I'm probably still annoyed about it today <laughs> if I think about it, but that's us, right? The basic point that we're trying to make though, is that what you really need is try to get the best audio quality that you possibly can when you're starting out. And Michael started, out with his you know earbuds for his iphone and Mm -hmm. was it boss jock studio yep sure was that's still around too uh no no wait wait what is it called now it's changed the name now it's it's still around but it's it's changed the name yes backpacks too hey Hey. Hey. (laughs) yeah it didn't even put oh man inside joke catch up with us on discord one of these days I should drop. I'm not editing. I'm going to go find this song. Backpack, backpack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Backpack Studio, I mean, that that's a way to get started, right? And, and you're not going to, look even with the best equipment, you're not going to be the best podcaster when you first start. Like, that's the reason we always, and I always have suggested to people, like, just get a good USB. You want to get the best mic you can get. Uh, you want to get a good USB mic. You don't have to go buy the whole setup. I mean, me and Michael have been recording together for years, and I don't think either of us has owned a audio interface the entire nope. time that we've been recording. Nope. not since it, This year is the first time either one of us have had one. We've talked about having some in the past, but neither one of us have had one since we've yeah. started recording since we started recording like i've owned boards in the past i think marco has owned boards in the past we just have not had one since we started recording we both started out using usb mics and you know i think our audio quality was pretty good once we got that kind of sorted out yeah there were some times there was some times oh there man, some times, man. There yeah some go times. listen to some of the old episodes you're curious so nah, once don't do yeah. that yeah, yeah. So just, <laughs> instead of going to listen to some of the old episodes, go share this one with your favorite social network. There you go. That's that's there a more productive go. use of your time. You'll you'll look like a hero for sharing it with someone who needs it. Yeah, good tip. Definitely go share with people uh, that you care about or that you think would find this episode interesting. But enough from the recording because there are several applications, and we'll you know reach out to us on Twitter via Twitter. Uh, if you're interested in some other suggestions for audio, Reaper can be a little daunting to jump into recording with. Uh, clean feed may not be the thing that you're looking for necessarily. But once we have recorded said audio, however we may have done it over the years, Michael, what is the next step in that process? The next step is to publish that to a podcast host. And I want to take a quick moment and thank whoever has been listening to our podcast and say, hey, I see you out there. I appreciate the fact that you enjoy the same pint." the same podcast host that I am enjoying and you've chosen to use the code to get 40% off your first four months uh, because that has helped the podcast out. I don't have to pay for podcast hosting for a few months now, which is pretty awesome. So I am using Pinecast. I started using Pinecast as my podcast host in August of last year, 2020. And I have tried Libsyn. That's where I started with. I went to Blueberry and now I'm with Pinecast. And for me, Pinecast just makes the most amount of sense with the type of content and the amount of content that I'm publishing. Um, Pinecast has a very simple interface to use. And what you do is you get the audio file that you produce recording it however you choose to to after editing it and you take that file and you publish it to Pinecast. This then adds it to a RSS feed 
which is then submitted to all the podcast directories that you want to have your podcast in. Of course, you got to put it on iTunes and Google Play Music and Spotify. And the cool thing about Pinecast is they make this a, a fairly straightforward process. They give you a list of all the directories and you go and you follow the directions to submit it to those directories. This then gives it a place that people can find it on their mobile devices or on their computers so they can subscribe to the podcast. And ultimately, that's how you're hearing this podcast is I'll finish editing it. I render the MP3 file because we want to make it easy for people to play with the least amount of resistance. I take that MP3 file and I create some show notes in Markdown and I then publish that podcast episode with the Markdown show notes to Pinecast. I click on add an episode and then I upload the MP3 file. And then when I hit save, before I actually hit the save and publish, I actually typically schedule it for a Tuesday morning. That way it comes out at the time it's supposed to. And then I hit save and publish. And when I hit save and publish, it will add it to the system. And once it that publishing time comes around, so 1 a.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays, then your podcast app is made aware of the fact that a new piece of content is available and it's sent. And uh, in my case, it's added to my playlist of new content in Overcast. In your case, it may be that you just see that there is now a DM series episode available for you to consume. Um, and, and it's almost like magic. And then you can add the I say complexity, but it might not be that complex of building your own website and adding your podcast to your own website. But ultimately, just to get started, you need a decent sounding microphone, audio recording solution, a way to edit that audio, and a podcast host. Would you agree, Demasi? I would say that's all you basically need. That is, and well, something to talk about, of course. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, you can just sit in front of this microphone and be like, mm. Yeah. So Hi, today, so this is my podcast. This is my podcast about, uh, about Subscribe and review. About podcasting. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I should do that. <laughs> Welcome. Do a whole big production of it, too. Have this nice intro music. Yeah. Welcome to the My Podcast Show. Thank you. Please subscribe. Stay subscribed and uh, review on iTunes. And and spend money on me at Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I would say that's that's, that's really all you need. I mean, Pinecast is a good host. I have have managed shows or helped people work with their shows that were in Lipson. I didn't do all that much with Blueberry myself directly. But I like Pinecast as a host. And we're not trying to sell it to you necessarily. Pick a nice host. I personally am not a fan of Anchor. Uh, I know they let you get started with a free podcast. There's weird licensing stuff, weird advertising rules that you have to adhere to. And I'm just not a fan of that particular model, but that's my opinion. Uh, And I feel like Pinecast gives you a fairly decent free plan and allows you to scale that plan up when you need to. And you don't have to move your show. You don't have to move your feed. And they do make things dead simple. I had somebody that went and signed up for podcasts uh, on the free plan to start their new podcast or reboot their podcast, whatever the case may be. And the first thing they said to me was like, I was going to ask you, how do I add my show to all these <laughs> places? Uh, but then I realized I just had to click right here. And this is, I was like, oh, all right, then. There we go. Uh you know, have at it. But you do need a podcast host. Uh, you can be super weird, like I have done at some points in life, and roll your own hosting solution and create your own feed. Yeah. I advise against that. But if you want to, go for it. Yeah, if you want to, go for it. I mean, I got some ideas that might work for you. Uh, I know a couple yeah. people that are doing it. One is 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 top of mind right this minute, but. This is what he's done for the last 12 years. So Yeah, see, most of the people that are doing it have been doing this. This is not the way to start. Like, and, yes. and it's just like we, you know, I, I often advise people don't do what I do. In the case of rolling your own podcast hosting solution, like unless you have very, very specific reasons for doing so. And if you do, I don't want to know about them. Most of the people that are doing that have been doing it, like Michael said, for 
10, 12 years, like for, for a while. Uh, and it's because there was nothing great out there for them at the time. So they had to make their own solution. Uh, it would be sort of like running your own email server, you know, in 2021. When, Please don't you do know, that. It's not really necessary, man. You yeah. can, you know, there's G Suite, there's Office 365 slash Outlook. Uh, you know, there's fast, there's a lot of ways to host your right. email without, you know, having to host your own email server. I mean, if you want super encrypted, I control this. Uh, there's a tool. I can't remember the name of it right now. I will drop it in the show notes though. Uh, that is an option. Yep. It'll be yep. labeled my own personal private email solution. Right. But it's still something that you're not actually managing. If I were going to add anything to that basic list, I would say that you may want to look at purchasing or registering a domain name. Uh, just to point people directly to where your show is and also to your social medias, et cetera. But that's not a requirement. It's just a suggestion. So yeah, that is a quick recap. I, I think we, we gave it a, a bit of attention and I'm sure you have questions. Um, before we wrap it up, unless you have anything else you want to talk about, Demasi, do you have anything else you want to add? I don't have anything else to add about podcasting. Uh, it, it's a... Like Michael said, I believe that we have given you, you know, with some tangents here and there or deeper dives into specific sections, uh, a pretty good overview of what you need to get started podcasting. I mean, obviously, it it does require work. It's going to require some effort that you're going to have to put in. So, you know, Don't. be aware of that. Don't go into podcasting thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm going to make a million dollars off of this because you know what? I'm not even making enough money to completely justify quitting my job off of the podcast, but it's a, a adventure that I'm going down right now for a few other reasons. And I do have a backup source of income, but we've been, pod I started, I launched my first podcast in 2015 and I am not making a million dollars off of this podcast. I will be transparent. I'm not even making anything near that. So don't go into podcasting just because you think you're going to get rich off of it. On a side note, if you want to provide some support to this show, you can go to yourownpay.com slash support. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to actually double back and, and go back on me saying that I didn't have anything else to say about it because that, that was a thing I wanted to bring up, which is, you know, everybody, a lot of people I talk to, not everybody, but a lot of people I talk to are like, oh, I want to, you know, do a podcast and I want to get sponsors. Uh or I want to do this. Everybody has some type of strategy of making money at podcasting. And it's not that it can't be done. I mean, there are, you know, networks. There are people who make a living doing podcasting. Uh, most of the ones I know, that is not their only source of income, though. First of all, uh, they are they do have other streams of income, whether it be a day job or they also write uh you know, write write articles for for news publications that said like there there, but there are there are a few that you know are making a living off of podcasting. But everybody's not going to have that level of success, and it is also a very I'm not going to say treacherous in the sense of that is dangerous, but it's a rough business to be in. A lot of people suffered over 2020 uh, in the advertising if they were advertising you know, based anyway, because a lot of advertisers dropped their support. It's like, you know, they had to, everybody was tightening up their belt and the subsequent, you know, fallout of that is a lot of podcast sponsorships, website sponsorships, et cetera, went away. But there are, and Michael may know the exact numbers. I have kind of like a general vague idea for a lot of cases where you're going to get sponsors that are paying money and it's going to vary depending on who the sponsor is. But typically people want you to have like somewhere between five to 10,000 downloads a month uh, or per episode or something like that. One or the other uh, before they're going to be interested in talking to you. So you need to have a pretty big following for that to happen. And then you need to mesh with them. Uh, and, and, but like Michael said, we didn't start doing this show because we were trying to get rich. We didn't even start when we started doing this show. We weren't even thinking about making any money off of like it wasn't this long play strategy of like, oh, yeah, we're going to start this show and build up this huge following. And then they're going to pay us and we'll we'll be rich and we'll buy mm. giant plots of land and. That way, Remy can be a mile away while we're recording. So he's not, you know, always trying to interject his comments in the show. Right. Uh, like he is right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it started out for us to just talk and share that knowledge and, and share our thoughts with the listener. 
And the other thing I would say uh, about podcasting in general for people is when you start your podcast, like be prepared for your show to evolve and change. Um, your first episode is probably going to be your worst episode. Uh, I don't even know what DM1 actually sounded like now. I don't even remember what we talked about. If we talked about email, uh, manage that inbox. Oh, finding email or inbox zero, man. I'll put in a rewind sound here and drop a clip. Mike has been using it a lot longer than me. So Mike, what are some of the, the advantages to having this type of service? Real quick. I want to touch on the uh, trading feature and what I really love about it is. But I did want to come back around to Michael's service that he's offering a little bit and talk about that some more because I, I kind of want people, from my perspective, I want to see where Michael has gotten because we haven't really discussed it since we kind of plotted out a couple of things and said, okay, well, this would be the thing to do. This is how that would work. But as Michael said, like what he's, you know, what he's offering, what's being offered uh, is. Hey, show up with your microphone and your device that you're going to use to connect to Michael and everything is going to be recorded for you. You don't have to worry about hitting record. You don't have to worry about storing your files. Michael, you should probably save. Uh, You don't have to concern yourself with any of those details. Just show up at the appointed time and do your show. And if you have a co-host or guests like that, that can also be accommodated as well. Uh, And Michael's not going to be in your show. You don't have to worry about Michael randomly laughing in the background or even hearing Remy interject his thoughts on what you're talking about. Unless you want him. That's an extra fee. Remy, yeah, Remy, yeah. Remy's got an agent. You guys just don't know it, man. We have he's, to pay he, him every time he barks in the show. He gets a stipend. Like he, we ain't making no money, but Remy doing all right with the show. I got to tell you, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Michael's taking care of all of that. And Michael, correct me if I'm wrong. You can cut this out if you need to. But Michael is offering editing, but I also think Michael would be willing to or, or is, you know, offering the service in such a way that you can have Michael handle the recording, the connecting of remote host or guests uh, to record your episode and let you deal with the editing. And if you're interested in learning how to edit, there are plenty of resources out there that we can link to or share with you if you reach out to us uh, and help you with learning how to use the audio editor the two of us use. And there are other audio editors. I know some people that use Audacity. I don't use that one, but I can put you in contact with someone who uses Audacity if that's something you're interested in learning. Or again, you can just say, hey, Michael, take care of it all for me. Good deal. Good deal. I'm excited about this service. Uh, one, I'm just glad to see Michael come up with a product that I know is something he's been he's been thinking about and trying to figure out for a while. I'm like, this is an offering that kind of he, he, he's happy about it. Maybe it was sort of a timing thing, Mike, because it, it took us getting. This is the problem we have been trying to solve for anybody really interested in the details is the fact that we wanted to be able to connect to people remotely to allow the recording of their, their shows to be managed in such a way that they didn't have to, we didn't want to put any burdens on the individuals that were trying to record, get their show recorded, uh, but still get high quality audio. And, you know, clean feed has admittedly been around for a few years, but neither of us had heard of it until recently. Yep. Uh, and I, I sort of feel like that was a little bit of a, not a catalyst, but like, Oh, there's the piece that I, that was missing. Now I can start thinking about this this way. Yeah, because it used to be a huge ordeal explaining to someone how to record on their own end and then get me the files reliably, whereas CleanFeed kind of takes care of all of that for me. Yeah, like I mean, at least you're in control, you know, from the perspective of, of a guest, which right right now in this session, I'm a guest. So, like, I mm-hmm. don't push anything. The only thing I have to do is select the right input for my microphone. Like, that's literally it or, you know headphones if i had a problem with that but that's it like that's all i even have the ability to do i don't have to push record on my side i don't have to do anything michael has all of that on his side over there and the nice thing is michael's able to see what devices i have set for input and output so if you know 
if I were to show up and I was actually on my MacBook Pro's microphone instead of the AT2005 that I'm talking into and trying to stay on, is uh, Michael could see that. And you're like, well, actually, Demasi, you're not on your uh, audio technical. You're using the MacBook built-in yep, microphone. You need to I'd change this it. audio. Here's where you go to change it. And exactly. then I can see when that's changed and we can troubleshoot it like like we've been able to do while recording. So save. So good service. Reach out if you're interested. Uh, and Mike will discuss pricing and all that, which you wouldn't want to turn this into a giant ad. But I did want to kind of loop back to that and kind of walk people through it a little bit more as to what you're getting, you know, whether it's just to manage recording. So, you know, you're getting great audio and then you take the files from there or all the way up to, as Michael said initially, you know, from recording to editing to publishing for you like that, that can be done. So hopefully you uh, got some value out of this action-packed episode with only a few slight tangents uh, going down some random rabbit holes. And if you are interested in learning yeah, squirrel, uh, Remy, <laughs> Remy. Uh, and if you're interested in more podcasting content or, or more information about podcasting, you can always reach out to the show on Twitter. And one of us will eventually see it at the DM series on Twitter, or I'm on Twitter at Payone, P-A-Y-O-W-N. And he's on Twitter at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. Show notes and more information available at your own forward slash DM 73. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.